This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. We're illogical at times. We are human. That's why I like to take the logic and reasoning out of my hands and automatically put the same amount in my account each month, no matter what. That way, no matter what happens, I'm building wealth and keeping my emotional self away from my money. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're going to do three things. First, we'll be answering a question from the Marriage, Kids, and Money community about if now is a good time to invest or not. Second, we are back with our FinTech Spotlight segment. This month, we are featuring Penny Loafer an organization dedicated to making charitable giving simple and more strategic for causes people care about. This one's sort of a blend between our fintech spotlight segment and our be the change segment, really. So it's kind of like two awesome worlds colliding. And last but not least, we are back with another money quiz. My daughter Zoe's going to be reading the review of the month and I will be quizzing her on some awesome money questions and see if I can stump her this time. All right, let's jump into today's show. I received a voicemail from Colin via Twitter. And if you want to leave a voicemail for me, go to marriagekidsmoney.com slash voicemail. And here is Colin's question. Hey, Andy, before the war, I was planning on setting up a Roth IRA for my wife. But now with the economy in a downward slope, I'm wondering if I should wait a little bit or get in now. Thanks. Colin, thank you so much for reaching out about investing during uncertain times like this. Yes, the Russian invasion is horrible. It's horrible. And I'm hopeful that the world will continue to support Ukraine as it has been over the past month. But without getting into all of that, let's discuss your question with regard to investing is now a good time to invest with all this unrest and uncertainty. Well, let's assume you and your spouse are in your 30s, let's say, and based on your Twitter profile, that appears to be the case. I'm going to share five reasons why now is a good time to invest, Colin. And even if someone's listening to this after the war is over, you know, crossing our fingers, praying to God that is the case, that it's still a good time to invest. All right, here we go. Number one. If you wait for things to get better, you're buying when your shares are at a higher price. Uncertain times can be difficult for investors. This is your hard-earned money, (laughs) after all, you know? Realize, though, that if you decide to wait until things get better in the stock market, then you will be buying your shares at a higher price. When you do that, you'll be getting fewer shares and, in the long run, building less wealth. Let me give you an example. VTI, which is Vanguard's ETF that covers the total stock market. So when you're talking about all the stocks, this is a great way to look at it. And it's currently valued at $224 per share. That's at the time of this recording. Obviously, that changes daily, everybody. So take that with a grain of salt. $224 per share. The last time it was valued this low was June of 2021. So if you buy at today's prices 
you're getting it at a discount. Shockingly, that low price of $224 was an all-time high for this fund at that point. (laughs) So I don't doubt that we'll be hitting another all-time high again soon. When soon is, I have no idea, but timing the market is very difficult, so that's why we don't do that. Will it be this year or next year? Well, that's what we're going to discuss in our next point. Number two. No one knows what the stock market will do this year. Ignore all of the financial news experts that tell you what's going to happen with the stock market. You know why? Their living is made from making guesses all day long. They may be educated guesses, but they are guesses nonetheless. And since they don't know, and you don't know, and I don't know, (laughs) we just need to start as soon as possible where we are. And we need to realize that the stock market will go up and down like a roller coaster for the next few decades until you reach retirement. But over that time frame, historically, it'll more than likely go up. Number three, the stock market historically goes up in the long run. Over its near 100 year existence, the average annual returns of the stock market are around 10%. Does it return that every year? No. But on average, over the decades, your ability to stay in the market in good times and bad can yield a 10% return. So even if times are uncertain today, investing today instead of tomorrow or one year from now will get you in the investing habit and take advantage of time. This may be one of those moments where the stock market's down. That's good news for new investors because you are buying your shares at a slightly lower price. Number four. Investing favors those who start early. The earlier you can invest, the more wealth you can build. Let's do an example that demonstrates waiting to invest for the right time, right? In this hypothetical example, let's say your wife is 35 years old, Colin. She starts investing in a Roth IRA today with $500 per month in a total stock market fund like VTI. 30 years later, she could potentially have $566,000 factoring in inflation. Let's say she waits one year to start investing in that Roth IRA. Her total drops to $524,000. That delay costs her $42,000. That gap grows even larger the longer you wait. Let's say she waits two years to start investing in her Roth IRA instead of starting now. That new total drops to $484,000, a delay cost of $82,000. My point here is start investing early and don't delay. Number five, dollar cost averaging makes it easy. Deciding when to get in the stock market can be really stressful. It really can. That's why concepts like dollar cost averaging allow you to relax and just let the market do its work. Dollar cost averaging is an investing strategy that allows investors to invest equal amounts periodically, no matter what is going on in the stock market. Good times, bad times, war, pandemic, whatever. You put the same amount in each month and you just let it go. For example, your wife investing $500 per month for the next 30 years, no matter what, is dollar cost averaging. 
Over time, this has been proven as a solid and effective strategy for long-term investing success. If you allow automation to take care of the process for you, for example, you just go in your investing app and say, I'm going to put this amount in each month, no matter what, then you're not tempted to stop your dollar cost averaging plan. This way, you're buying consistently, over time, no matter what. You're buying in good times, you're buying in bad times, and you're allowing yourself to ignore crazy market cycles and difficult global news like this. By ignoring that news, you can focus on what matters most, Colin, your family and your personal life goals, and ignoring the noise because... When you try to buy in and out and try to time the market, it just doesn't work. It really doesn't. You become stressed and you end up making less than you would if you just left things alone. Let's talk about some reasons why you shouldn't invest now, right? I'm a big proponent for investing. You guys hear me talk about it a lot, but there are times when you should consider holding off on investing. Here are a couple of examples. Number one, you got no emergency fund. If you have no cash saved up for emergencies, you're setting yourself up to go into credit card debt if an emergency arises. I would suggest holding off on investing until you have at least maybe a couple grand set aside for emergencies. This can cover some deductibles and some household emergencies. Over time, I recommend saving three to six months of expenses as a total emergency fund, but that two grand is a great starting place. Number two, high interest credit card debt. If you are paying high interest credit card debt, you're paying more in interest than you'll be making in interest in the stock market, right? We want to be earning interest, not paying interest, right? So for example, the average interest payment on a credit card last year was 15.91%. Making that much in the stock market consistently is very unlikely to happen but you are guaranteed to save that amount by paying off your credit card debt for good. For that reason, I wouldn't suggest investing in the stock market until you are credit card debt free. That doesn't mean you have to cut up your credit cards. We have credit cards. We like them. We like the points, but you need to be paying them off in full every month, no matter what. Again, automation is your friend here. Pay off in full. We want to be earning interest, not paying high interest. So if you want to get started with investing, you're saying, well, okay, all right, all right, all right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Now is a good time. I'm going to do it. I don't have any of the you know, high interest credit card debt, Andy, and I, I've got an emergency fund. I'm ready to go. Well, you mentioned a Roth IRA, Colin. That is a great place to start. So let's talk about why Roth IRA is so excellent. For starters, this retirement account grows tax-free. That is great. You can get Uncle Sam out of your pocket and it grows tax-free. That helps a lot. The second point is you can withdraw 100% of your contributions at any time without penalties or taxes. That's contributions, not earnings. 100% of your contributions can be taken out. Also, your options for investing are plentiful. You can do mutual funds, you can do bonds, you can do real estate. I get into REITs within our Roth IRA. It's fun. There's lots of different ways you can invest. So it's not limited to just stocks, but stocks are a great way that is proven over time to help as well. And index investors who are working towards FIRE also tend to really love Roth accounts as well. 
Speaking of index investing, this is my preferred way to invest, especially when it comes to a Roth IRA. You get excellent diversification, you get low fees, and your funds are self-cleansing. This is an awesome term that J.L. Collins used in his book, and he also used in our interview on the show, that essentially when one company isn't performing well in the index, they get kicked out and you don't need to adjust anything. This is the opposite. Let's say, hey, I'm an Amazon person and a Apple person. Those are the only stocks. I'm going to have someday <laughs> it's probably not likely to happen, but someday Apple could have a downturn and maybe they don't do well. Maybe they get new leadership and things don't go well and they get kicked out of, you know, the index. But if you just have those two stocks, you know, you're in a situation where maybe you have one of those companies that doesn't turn out to do all that well. But with index fund investing, you don't even have to worry about selling your shares or buying your shares or whatever at the right time. It's all done for you in the index. So I love index fund investing. (laughs) If you're looking for a partner to start your Roth IRA, I would suggest M1 Finance because they are a great, easy place to start and get things going. You'll hear more about them in a moment, actually. Outside of the Roth IRA, the best place, the best place to start when it comes to investing you for your retirement is with your employer matching funds in a 401k or 403b because that is free money. Let's say, for example, your company matches 50% of your contributions per year up to the first $5,000 of contributions. If you decide to do $5,000 of contributions then your company will also contribute another $2,500. That's $2,500 of free money. Some companies are also doing this with their health savings accounts, their HSAs. So if you contribute to your HSA, they may match a portion of your contributions as well. So my point here is to check with your company, if you are employed somewhere, to see what matching benefits they provide for your retirement and your future healthcare costs. There may be some free money laying around waiting for you to snag it. Okay, I hope that helps you, Colin, and I hope that helps you, everybody, as you guys are deciding if now is a good time to invest. In the end, timing the market is a game most everyone will lose. Time in the market is easier and more effective. Studies show when markets go up, people buy more shares. And when markets go down, like it has so far this year, depending on when you're listening, people sell more shares This is the exact opposite of what we should be doing, right? We got to buy low and sell high. It's just so hard to predict when that happens. You know why people do this? You know why people do it the opposite way? It's because we're emotional beings. We're illogical at times. We are human. That's why I like to take the logic and reasoning out of my hands and automatically put the same amount in my account each month, no matter what. That way, No matter what happens, I'm building wealth and keeping my emotional self away from my money. And I would suggest the same for you. Enough for me, everybody. Tell me what you think. Do you think it's a good time to invest in the stock market or should we wait? Please let me know by hitting me up on Instagram at marriagekidsandmoney. Yes, I've changed my Instagram. So that channel is focused more on MKM stuff. And again, that is at Marriage Kids and Money. Or on Twitter, like Colin did, at Andy Hill MKM. That's a bit confusing. I'm going to try to work on that. But again, Instagram, at Marriage Kids and Money. Twitter, at Andy Hill MKM. I would love to hear from you. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. 
Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Thanks for taking the time to consider our sponsors, everybody. Let's jump back into the show. For our Be The Change segment this month, we are featuring Penny Loafer, an organization dedicated to making charitable giving simple and more strategic for causes people care about. I've invited the founder of Penny Loafer, Andy Tiemann, on the show today. We're going to discuss the state of giving in America and how Penny Loafer is making it easier to do so. Welcome to the show, Andy. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk with you. Yeah, thanks for being here. And thank you for having such a great name. I think we talked about that beforehand. Um, goes, <laughs> it's a beautiful name. <laughs> it's a beautiful name. Uh, so let's talk about giving in America. Why, is giving something that's important in our culture? What do you think? Absolutely. I mean, you can you can trace charitable giving, I think, back to as long as humans have been around. You know, the word philanthropy itself comes from ancient Greece, meaning love of people. So I think... You know, it's deeply ingrained in our culture and, and this is evident just by the amount people give each year. So every year we keep, keep hitting records of, you know, how much is being given. 2020 is the most recent data we have, but over $470 billion was given in 2020. And, 
And that's really the bulk of that is individual givers. So 69% of that number is coming from individuals. So I think, I think it's a big part of our culture. And I think even between, so beyond monetary giving, we saw people during the pandemic, you know, cooking meals for frontline workers, running out to get groceries for their neighbors. So I think generosity is just a big part of American culture. Why do you think that's ingrained in us as people? What happens in our brain where we feel like giving our money or time is important? That's a good question. I think, I mean, there's, there's psychological and physiological changes that actually happen after the act of giving, you know, so that, that warm, fuzzy feeling is, is actually happening. And I think one of the surefire ways to be a happier person is to give. And I think it probably dates back to just, we're social creatures. We've forever depended on each other to, to keep humanity going. And I think it's just ingrained in us to do that and to care for one another. Let's talk about where people get stuck with giving. You know, what holds people back from giving? What makes things complicated? Why don't people give more? Let's talk about that. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. You know, there's there's a lot of studies done that that people want to give more. You know, there's there's one that people want to give two and a half times more than they actually do. So I think our intentions are there. It's just kind of matching our actions to those intentions. And I think there's a number of things that can get in the way. One is time. People are busy. We have families, we have work, school, kids. So I think it's just finding the time to really understand the issues you care about, to research nonprofits, to understand where to give. And people are short on that. Another another thing is choice overload. You know, there's over 1.5 million nonprofits operating in the US alone. So so even if you have the time, it's just I think people can fall into decision paralysis and analysis paralysis. It's like where do I start? Where can my money go the furthest? And then I think for some of the bigger issues like climate change or the mental health crisis, they can just feel really overwhelming or daunting to people. And especially as one person, if you have 20 bucks a month to give, it might feel like a drop in the bucket and can that actually do good? So there's a healthy bit of skepticism there when it comes to it. But I think people want to have you know a real clear idea of their impact and, and feel like it's making a difference. How is Penny Loafer helping with those issues? Yeah, so I think our our main goal with Penny Loafer is to make it really simple and more strategic for everyday donors. That people who can give, you know, anywhere from five to fifty dollars a month. And so, so what we're doing is saving people time. We're taking care of all the research and the vetting of nonprofits, and we're creating ongoing giving strategies around select causes. So for people who might not know where to start or simply don't have time to do the research, they can choose a cause that they care about, you know, set a monthly giving amount and, and let us take care of the rest. And I think a big piece of it is the the learning part. So it's not like you're giving into a black hole and you never hear what happened. All of our donors receive a monthly newsletter each month that breaks down where the money went, how that nonprofit addresses the issue. Because of course, there's many different strategies nonprofits are using to address each of these issues. And then other information related to the cause. So I want people to feel really engaged and informed on it beyond the monetary contribution. So so that's really our goal. I think one of the really cool things is it's enabling collective impact. You know, $5 a month at climate change doesn't feel like a lot, but it can really add up as our donors grow. So yeah. 
Well, talk to us about those individual categories that you have within there, because my beliefs may be different from somebody else's beliefs about what is important in the world right now. How did you decide the categories that you have on Penny Loafer? We just launched in September. So we launched with four causes, and the plan is to grow these over time. Our four causes right now are climate change, mental health, quality education, and racial justice. And the way we came to choosing these four to start was we just sent a survey out to our target demographic, to many people in our target demographic. So, you know, we're mainly geared towards millennials, but even, you know, Gen X who want to supplement some of their giving and just the younger generation that's, you know, using their phone, want it to be very convenient and simple to give. And so these four came back as as the most popular four causes, but we, we do plan to add more as we grow. I love that. I, and I noticed that you didn't start with maybe more, I guess, call it controversial topics or things that might cause more division. It's more of topics that a lot of people can get around and have some collective nature. I feel like sometimes that's maybe where our society gets blocked a little bit with collectively working together. Was there any rhyme or reason to selecting things that maybe everybody could get around? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you hit it right there. It's, it's I think these are all really relevant issues today, you know, especially after the pandemic, the recent, the recent racial justice movement. Like these are things that I think are top of mind right now. And they're also things that, that people want to get around, you know, that they want to come in and do some collective impact around. Let's talk about you, Andy. Why did you start this? What, what happened in your life where you said, I need to start something like Penny Loafer? Yeah, so so my background's in nonprofit consulting, human services planning. So I've done a lot of strategic planning and grant writing and work with nonprofits. But my career actually started out in tech. So I did sales and account management at some tech companies. And so I think one penny loafer is just a great mix of, you know, my experience in tech and and kind of my in-depth knowledge, if you will, of the nonprofit sector, just working really closely with with some of these organizations. But the idea really came in in summer of 2020. You know, we were in the midst of a global pandemic and the racial justice movement. And it just felt like a lot of people were scrambling to figure out how to help. And a lot of people didn't know how or where. I had a lot of friends texting me if I knew of nonprofits and things like that. So there just seemed to really be a need of, and like this disconnect of people wanting to do something, but not sure how or where. And so... That made me just reflect on my own giving habits and looking at them as a whole, they felt really disjointed and reactive. You know, it was kind of as crises happened or requests came my way. I might have, you know, a cousin's charity run that I'm happy to donate to or a friend who's a teacher who's raising class, you know, money for her classroom supplies, a food bank during the pandemic. And these are all amazing things to support and I'm happy to do so. But I also felt like, what are some of the big issues that I care about and that I would say I care about? And what am I actually doing strategically and on an ongoing basis around these things? And so I wanted to create a way for people to feel impactful and to feel like they have this ongoing strategy around causes that they care about. There's something to that reactive nature of giving too, where you could potentially get caught up in scams as well. And I talked about that with Michael Thatcher, the uh, president at Charity Navigator, having some clarity on the already vetted 
organizations will maybe lead you astray from saying, okay, wow, there's this crisis in Ukraine right now. And maybe I got an email from somebody and it didn't end up being legit. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, there's always going to be some bad actors out there who are going to take advantage of people having, you know, kind of this knee-jerk reaction to want and to need to do something when they see crises happening. So I think you always need to be aware of that and smart about that. And I think oftentimes with things like even in Ukraine, you you don't know what's happening. You know, things are changing so quickly day to day. And so you really just want to understand you know, take a second to figure out, okay, where can my money do the most good? Who's on the ground there? What's actually happening? So I think there's a little bit of that too. It's just things are changing so quickly when things like this are happening. Well, talk to us about maybe people who have utilized Petty Loafer and reactions that you've had. I guess share some good news of things that have been going on with your organization. Yeah, so we've been growing each month. It's been really exciting. We've supported 28 nonprofits so far since we launched and send over $10,000 in donations, you know, and, and keep in mind the average donation is $20 a month and, and the median's even lower at $10 a month. So this is really some collective impact happening here and, and people coming together to, to support these causes. It's been awesome just to hear from some of the nonprofits we've supported. You know, I heard from one code crew in, in Memphis, Tennessee, the other month that just said, you know, thanks so much. We were able to help 17 kids get some coding classes this spring. So things like that are really awesome to hear. And then, you know, I've heard a lot of good feedback from my donors and just feeling like this is kind of the first time I have a, an ongoing thing happening and feel like I'm, I'm giving around something. You know, I've had people say it's their favorite newsletter they receive each month just because it's a feel good, good start of the month. To see, to see what impact they're having. So it's, it's been awesome. It's been really cool to see. Putting together an organization like this, this takes a lot of time. And, you know, obviously there's, you know, some value to that. Is there a cost to working with Penny Loaf or how does that work if I was interested in being a part of it? Yeah. So, so we don't take any part of the donation. So, so, you know, 100% of your donation is, is going to the cause area, you know, minus the credit card fees that happen anytime really you, you input your card. So, you know, 100% of that is going to to the charities. What you can do at, at checkout is we have an optional tip over and above the donation amount that you can leave for Penny Loafer to help us with our operating costs and, and to help us grow. So I wanted to make it optional. I want Penny Loafer to be accessible. You know, you can get started for as little as $5 a month. We're not taking any part of that. You know, you can increase that, decrease it, switch up your causes all very easily. You're never locked in, cancel any time type of thing. This is sort of a, a blend of, I do two segments. I do this FinTech spotlight segment and I also do the Be the Change segment. I feel like this is sort of a, a melding of those two worlds, uh, which which I really like. I like that. Yeah, very yeah, cool. So uh, Andy, that. where do you see this organization going over the next five years? I guess, what are your hopes and dreams? You're saying, wow, I just started this in September and I'm really passionate about it. Where would you love to see this in five years? Yeah, so I think, you know, big picture, I'd love for Penny Loafer just to increase the quantity and the quality of giving from everyday donors. And by quantity, I mean, you know, I want to increase the number of people who are donating regularly to causes they care about. I'd love to increase the number of causes that we support. And I'd love to support more nonprofits. So ideally, each month, we'd support a collection of nonprofits in each cause area versus one. And then as far as quality, you know, I really want to build something that makes people feel impactful 
with their giving. And so eventually, you know, my plan is to move to some sort of guest expert model where we could have people who are really close to these issues who are on the ground, you know, understanding them inside and out, help choose the nonprofits and contribute to our newsletters and feedback loop. And I think one thing that could be really cool about that is, you know, experts could be people from national foundations who are already doing a lot of this due diligence work. It could be organizers. It could be policy experts. But I think one thing that could be really cool is is showing everyday donors, you know, this is how different people address due diligence and evaluation. And, and I think an important piece to that would be making this information just more accessible to everyday donors. You know, it's often just meant for these foundations or kind of for wealthier donors, you know, who maybe have the resources and the time and the staff even to do a lot of this setting. But I'd love to make that more accessible to everyday donors. Oh, this is beautiful. It's such a merging of a lot of the topics that we talk about on the show, everybody. I mean, we are, yes, we're building wealth and we're talking about the importance there, but we're also seeking this family happiness that I think can come from giving. I really do. I really believe that with my heart of hearts, giving back, helping folks get where they want to go, especially for causes that you believe in that really call to your heart. I think this is beautiful. Andy, thank you so much for your time today. If people want to support and work with Penny Loafer, where should they go? Yeah, we would welcome that. So they can go to our website, www.pennyloafer.org. And that's Penny Loafer Singular. You know, choose a cause that's close to your heart and a monthly donation amount. You know, it starts with as little as $5 a month and, and we'll take care of the rest. We'd love to, to work with you and have you join us. Yeah, Andy, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And thank you for putting your heart and your passion towards something that you believe in. It's very inspiring. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. To keep this show running and to help your buddy Andy smile, I would like to ask you to do one quick thing to support this show. Please leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or give the show a shout out on social media, tagging at Marriage Kids and Money on Instagram. Those reviews and shout outs help more people to find and consider this family empowering podcast. To encourage you to leave a review or a social shout out for the show, each month we do a book giveaway. So we received two reviews and social shout outs since our last book giveaway offer. And as a reminder, this quarter, we're going to be giving away three different book options from past podcast guests. That includes Indistractable by Near Aal, Stacked, Your Super Serious Guide to Modern Money Management by Joe Salcihai. You remember Joe Salcihai, Zoe. And last but not least, Investing for Kids by Allison Tom and Dylan Redling. And to help me pick to the winner this week, as you guys know, because I already said her name. I am Zoe! Is Zoe! How's it going, Zoe? Pichu and Bubby. Pichu and Bubby. Pichu and Bubby, you're just singing a song about our cats? Yeah, Pichu and Bubby. Wait, are you thinking about that because of Joe? Because you yeah. made a song Cooper about the kitty cat. Cooper, Cooper the kitty, the kitty cat. cat. Cooper the kitty cat. Sometimes he gets feisty. Yeah, we used to uh, cat sit Joe Salcihai's Joe cat because he was our neighbor. And now and, I uh, and Bubby. And Zoe now has songs about her own cats. Anyway, everybody, Zoe, let's do this uh, money quiz before we re- read the review. Sound good? You might yeah, get some yeah, money yeah. if you answer the money questions. Yeah. Sound good? Yeah. Cue that music. All right. 
right, Zoe, let me explain the rules again, especially just for the people who have not listened to the show before. I know you know the rules, but I'm going to give you three questions. And for every question you answer correctly, I'm going to give you a dollar. Ow. And then maybe a tickle, too. Hey. Question number one. Zoe, every week you get $10 for helping around the house. That $10 is automatically separated into four different buckets, spending, saving, giving, and investing. Why do you think it's important to do this automatically? Mm, Because sometimes we do this thing called the big give. Mm -hmm. And when we put money on our give, we help people who need, like like Ukraine and and Katie. And kitties, yeah. So, so it's nice that the money's automatically there yeah. when and you want to give. And for invest, when it's good for when you're later on in life, which if you put $10 in there, then boom, you can get like $50. Yeah, I like it. And then and then if for um, save, yeah. you can save for things like cars and phones and a house. That's great. And so if you do it automatically, it just happens. the most important It's your one. favorite one, it's right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. Well, that's a correct one. answer, Zoe. Congratulations. Yeah! Way to go. That gets you a dollar. <laughs> Question number two. Investing early, something you just mentioned, is something that is very, very important, but it's hard to care about investing, right? If you have to like wait 50 years to get the money. So it's yeah, really well, hard to care. Yeah, why can't I just go like when you put like a dollar in there, then boom, yeah, dollar right away. Unfortunately, the boom takes like a long time. So <gasps> what I want to do is help you to understand that it's important to wait. So let's look at a compound interest calculator. If you will just indulge me for a second, because I want to do something fun and daddy's going to show you something really neat. Okay. Let's talk about your investing account right now. That's called your Roth IRA. It's going to help you retire when you don't want to work anymore when you're older. You have $2,500 in in that account right now. $2,500. This is the question, ready? If you have $2,500 in there, how much do you think through time and compound interest you're going to have in 50 years? 10,015. 10,015. Okay, let's see what happens. Ready? $2,500 and you put nothing into it and we're going to give it 50 years, right? All right. And a 10% interest rate, that's just is what the stock market has done for almost 100 years. Ready? Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. $293,477. What? And you added nothing to it. And you just let it sit there for 50 years. Isn't that cool? What, what happens if you let it sit for three years? For three? Time and compound interest don't work that well in three years. Let's see. If you only wait three years, then you have $3,000. Okay, wait, do the 50 again. Do the 50. Okay, and then we're going to 50. You have... Whoa! 293000 So you see, the longer you're able to wait to touch it, the more money you'll have. So, patience, dear. Am I right? Yeah. All right. That's a correct answer. Way to go. Way to guess and have fun with me. And look at a compound interest. I'll give you one more and then I can get three dollars. Let's do question number three. So, why is it important to have a spend account? It's important because when you love to spend, 
and you can get stuff. Like you can get you can get, you can get toys. Yeah, and you can toys. get you can get online money. Online you can, money. And you can you can get you can get you can get slime. Slime. And you, get, and you can get and you can get anything you want. Yeah. So money by working hard at the house and helping the family, you get money to do things that you like. Yes. Oh, well, that is another correct answer. Congratulations, Zoe. Way to go. I'm very proud of you. You get three whole dollars. And you can have some fun. Let's do our review now, Zoe. You ready? Alexa, pick a number between one and two. Here's a number between one and two. It's one. Excellent. Well, our first review, actually, it's a social shout out. It comes from Kate Dorman. Kate has something very nice to say and share about our show. So you want to read that, Zoe? While most of us never received a formal financial education, it's never too late to learn. Educating yourself about a personal finance through podcasts is a great way for you and your partner to grow together. Kate likes these shows. Bigger Pockets, Afford Anything, and Marriage, Kids, and Money. Hey, awesome. Thank you, Kate. Thanks for the shout out. And thank you, Zoe, for reading that review and hanging out with me and being your boisterous self as always. Uh, Kate, I'm going to DM you back on Instagram and thank you for the shout out and send you one of these great books. Everyone will be doing this exact same thing next month with Zoe with the same books. So please leave us a review in Apple Podcasts. Oi, sit. Oh. Yeah, it used to be Stitcher. Spotify, though. They could do Spotify. Spotify. And they could take a screenshot and email me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com. Or if you don't have Apple Podcasts, again, you could do it on Spotify. Or you can give us a social shout out on Instagram at marriagekidsandmoney. That would be great. Any of those that things that just make us feel good in yeah. our heads. And, that would be- and, you know, just fill us up with confidence. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Because that would make Bubby happy, too. And our cat, Bubby, would like that. He's currently Bobby, what, eating. What are you eating? What are you no! eating? What is that? Bub! He's, you... he's breaking something. We have to go. Zoe, thank you very much. Can you take care of whatever he's yeah, eating? Yeah, yeah, All right. Lucy, bye! In April, we've got a family-empowering lineup that I'm really excited to share with you all. Next Monday, April 11th, we've got Dr. John Deloney, who is going to be joining me to discuss financial trauma and how we can manage it. The Monday after that, we'll be answering another question from the Marriage, Kids, and Money community and highlighting the mortgage-free win of Amber Sauer from North Carolina, who used her mortgage freedom to get a six-month sabbatical away from work to reassess her life, which was really cool. We'll talk about that more in a couple weeks. The Monday after that, we got April 25th. We'll be chatting about college. And if it makes sense for your teen to go, if they're not sure what they want to study and you don't have the money to pay for it. And on Fridays, you'll hear more bread and wine with my wife, Nicole. It appears we're going to be doing about uh, two of these a month. That seems to be the cadence lately. This is a candid chat between a husband and a wife where we discuss marriage, kids, and money while having a glass of wine or tea, just whatever we're drinking at that point. If you want to help us choose our topics and just support our show in general, consider buying us a cheap bottle of wine at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash wine. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash wine. We're going to give you a shout out on the show. And if you've got a topic you wanted us to discuss, we will do that. And uh, big thanks to Rachel recently who hooked us up with some bottles of wine, which we really enjoyed. And to Matt as well, who hooked us up with some bottles of wine. We're going to be shouting you out on the show soon, Matt. Thank you very much. 
it's a lot of fun to do with Nicole and uh, look forward to keeping it rocking. Hey, everybody, this past month was our best month ever for podcast downloads. I love saying that because it seems like every few months I'm saying this. More people listened to the show in March than in any month ever before. So thank you so much for listening and supporting. I'm excited to keep creating content that helps you build true family wealth and happiness. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Jim Rohn. Motivation is what gets you started. Habit is what keeps you going. Get inspired and start making some progress today, my friends. Carpe diem. 